0: You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Bonjour tout le monde. It's me, Heskef, talking a little bit of French. That's because Terence is too famous to join us on the pod these days um, but we wanted to talk about our new manager Patrick Vieira. Not as quite as good with segues as Terence is but we'll, we'll let it run. Uh, I'm here <laughs> with Patrick O'Connor. Hello Patrick.
2: Hello how are you Sam?
1: Very good. Do you speak any French?
2: I actually took it for four years in England and don't speak a word.
1: Perfect. Scary, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're also joined by Nick, uh, who may also speak French. Bonjour, ça va? Ça va très bien.
2: Oui. There
1: you go. I think that's going to be the end of the French talking. Uh, mad, mad. <laughs> we're going to be saying that a lot this season, I reckon. Um, how are you, Nick? Yeah, I'm good. I'm
3: good. It's um, England doing well. We've got a manager. And we haven't got pesky Terence, or chris or mike so we can misbehave can't we
1: we can i wonder if producer sam who's lurking in the background uh is going to be trigger happy with the bleep button or the mute button i suppose we'll have to wait and see um but for now uh let's get into a bit of chat about what's happened outside of the managerial appointment um starting with something i've already mentioned terence being too famous to join us these days so in case people didn't see terence and his lovely german wife linda went to the england germany game together um, with a sign that said this could end in divorce and terence and linda were promptly splattered across every website lad bible german newspaper that you can think of and now he's just not replying to us, is he, guys?
3: <laughs> I, I think he missed the trick because he should have done it in German on the reverse
1: side, so he could
3: have kind of got both both sets of media properly. <laughs> Good
1: point. Das, das lad Bible, but yeah, we've um, we've tried to get in touch with him. He's now got an out of office, which sends us to his agent. Um, <laughs> so he's yet to comment on Patrick Vieira joining us, but hopefully, we'll we'll hash out a deal. Um, for the for the coming season, it was um, um
3: nice to see some of the abuse he got on Twitter. The, the weirdest one was, "Who's that Irish Harry Potter twat?" <laughs> no idea what that was all about.
1: Um, was it you that put that? No, it
3: wasn't. It wasn't. I. It wasn't me that went on. The, he looks like he likes a good pegging, either. But there you go. So you know, your favours you have got to take the rough with the with the uh, smooth, haven't you?
1: Well, literally in that case, by the sounds yeah. of it. <laughs> Um, I, there's no segue from Terence pegging or being pegged <laughs> to Wayne Hennessy going to Chelsea, but we'll we'll move on. Um, one of the weirder stories as I, uh, as we talk about what's happening with Palace um, is that Wayne Hennessy seems to be a target for Chelsea. Um, what do you think about that, Patrick?
2: Seriously, no chance. If you're Chelsea and you can get a third string, I'm, I'm assuming third string keeper.
1: You would imagine so, yeah. Yeah,
2: you could do better than Wayne Hennessy. Listen, we all know my my history with Wayne Hennessy as a <laughs> as a as a goalkeeper at Palace, and I'm not I'm not close to being your biggest fan, but I can't I just can't see that being a realistic story. I, I guarantee they can go with a younger, uh, better goalie than him. Listen, I wish him all the best. Now he's no longer a Palace player, but I can't see him going to Chelsea. I don't see that happening, but we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, it's a weird one. I mean, you sort of feel like even even though he's not a great goalie, and and I, you and I probably have the same opinion of him. Patrick um but you think he could still be a first choice in the championship somewhere wouldn't you rather than sort of rest his days up and on the bench or not even on the bench at chelsea yeah
2: yeah i mean yeah i mean look at the euros he didn't play in the euros at all cuz you know they've got a, a better first string keeper who also is also uh ward who's a backup at Leicester. so if he wants to get his wales even career back on track i mean i know he's probably aging as far as playing internationally but you think he would exactly go to a championship side a mid table championship side where he can play every day and, you know, and and by doing that, we'll get back into the Wales well side as a number one keeper. So I don't, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But again, you know, we'd, we'd, I'm not big on transfer rumours. I think I laugh at a lot of them because they're really, really funny. But that one came from left field for me. It really was very strange.
1: Yeah, it, it really did. Um, but talking of Wales, I think there's a segue that, that does work. Um, I'm going to stop talking about my segues now. But um, moving on to the Euros, um I'm going to have to let these guys talk because people who listen to the preview pod know I'm not a big follower of international football. I watch it. I don't really have an opinion on it. Um, and now all the Palace players are out of the Euros. I'm sort of done. <laughs> um, but uh, Nick, you've been enjoying the tournament so far, I'm sure. Yeah,
3: it's 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 been good. It's it's great to see England do well again. And it's great to see them do well with a uh, uh, Palace Protégé. Um doing it is an articulate manager um who's got the majority of the country behind him and it's good to see that marxism and taking the knee is um <laughs> leading us forward of course um ukraine weren't very good to be honest compared to other teams we've played um but i i genuinely think we've got a chance this uh this time so it's exciting stuff um I only watch England when they're in the tournaments. I don't take any notice of friendlies. I don't take any notice even of the qualification matches. So I I barely recognise who's in the team Um, because football-wise, I just really follow Palace and occasionally Bromley. But, yeah, I'm enjoying the ride, really am. And there's been some cracking games in the whole competition. Do you feel nationally homeless? Is that why you don't really follow it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I've, listen to be my thing is I I I don't really feel like I can cheer for people who play for teams I don't like, like not even teams that I don't care about, but like I can't. I think we had this discussion on on the preview pod where Lingard had had a good little run for England, and I was like, he scored the winner against us in the cup final, so I hate him forever. Um, and it's you know like I don't want to support Man United players. I get it. I understand why people do it, um, and. Why everyone in England, anyway? And I'm sure when we get on to Patrick, I'm sure expats will feel the same. That it, it looks like a really positive tournament for England, um, but it's just not for me. So, what do you reckon, Patrick? So
3: sorry, sorry, it's nothing to do with, with having French parentage, and you're just waiting for for
1: Guernsey to qualify. So you've <laughs> yeah, got, got to pick something in the middle. If if, <laughs> if the Candle Islands had a team in the Euros, I'd be uh, I'd be all over it.
2: Yeah, for me, see, again, I'm the oldest person on the pod. I was born in 65, so actually I was alive when England last won the World Cup, which is hard to actually say because it's kind of weird. I was was a year and a half, but internationally, I've always been a big follower of England. Uh, When I was there, obviously, and when I I moved to America, I I, I still really followed it. I've been disappointed so many times, let down. Um, 1990 particularly stuck with me, losing the World Cup semi-final match on penalties too. You know who, in the '96, the United. I thought we were going to win it '96. I really did. I, I had such a good feeling about that team. Um, the whole is coming home. was started back then, which is really that stupid song, which I sing. In, I sing all the time now, even I don't really believe it's coming home. Um, and now I've got to give credit to Southgate. I was not. I'm not a big fan of his from a club management standpoint, but internationally, he's a great motivator of, of men. I do like what he's done with the players, as far as you know, getting them rally around, getting the country. To feel good about, you know, the football, his tactics. I'm not a huge fan of, but you know what? They've got a clean sheet. What is it? Six, six clean sheets now. Um, I like. I, I really love players like Saka and uh, Sterling. I'm not a Harry Kane fan. I won't say I am. I'll be lying about that. Um, love Grealish, but like Sam just said, Hesky just said, I, I have a real problem cheering for players that on on a Saturday will just destroy a Palace. So I don't necessarily cheer for them. I just kind of cheer for England. But you know, that is that has become a thing as I've gotten older, like cheering for players that I really like. I I don't like Harry Kane. I don't like Harry Maguire. I don't like Luke Shaw. I mean, for obvious reasons. So from that standpoint, it's difficult. But I, I, I really have gotten into this tournament, and I really hope Wednesday when it comes and, we play Denmark, that we can not only be Denmark, but actually just go on and finish it and win it. I just want to see England. It's, it's like Palace, you know, you just want to see Palace win something in your lifetime. You know, it's the same with England. I want to see England win one thing. I'd be very happy to just win, even if it's a Euro, but Palace winning a league cup, give me that. And I swear, I won't care what England's done the rest of my life. And uh, we'll see what happens from there. So let's, you know, ho- hopefully do well on Wednesday.
1: Well, fingers crossed for you guys. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, I support your support. How about that? Um, uh, moving, moving back to the domestic game, then, uh, there's been very little sort of new stuff coming out from Palace, but we did finally see one of the kits, um, which was the, 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 away kit, the all yellow away kit with a sort of red and blue stripe up, up the side. Um, Nick, first thoughts on, on the new away kit. Barca 84, isn't it? That was the first thing
3: I thought. Um, Just a shame it hasn't got the the bells down the sleeves. Um, It's all right, isn't it? I might buy it when it goes down to twenty quid at the end of the season. (laughs) Um, I've I've got a bit of an issue with where the stripe ends uh, uh, on the shoulder. I don't think it goes up high enough. But the uh, embossed kind of embossed eagle on it is is a nice touch, isn't it? I just don't like the. Being sponsored by a betting company, I, I, you know, I don't care what the kit is. I just don't like having things that lead to gambling addiction blasted over our shirt. Hmm. I I just think it's wrong.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I think it's. I mean, it seems to be that the norm for half the league now, doesn't it? That yeah. it's a betting company of some sort, which is which is kind of a shame. Um, if only we were short enough to be able to buy the youth team kit, which has been sponsored by EA Sports for the last couple of years, isn't it? Right. That'd be a better one. Um, What do you make of it, Patrick, the away kit?
2: Yeah, um, it's all right. You know, being so far away, Sam, I want to support the club whenever I can and however I can, so I always end up buying the kits anyway. I don't care what they look like. I've never gotten too worried about you know, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, I've, I've liked certain kids. I've always been a fan of like the evil sash, that kind of stuff. But honestly, mm-hmm. when the kids come out, I just don't, it just do not doesn't bother me whether they're good, bad. I'll, I'll end up buying it at some point and putting up my wall downstairs and wearing it on match days. as, you know, as, as if I'm at the, at, at But honestly, that doesn't bother me that much. The, the away kit, honestly, the yellow I, I like it, but like I said, I don't really get caught up in oh Wednesday away kit coming out. Oh gosh, Wednesday we haven't we haven't given up the home kit first. When are we gonna have, you know, the third kit? Was it gonna be black this year, white? I just it just doesn't bother me. I just I'm not I'm not bothered it, you know. The kit's a kit and whatever it is, I'll support pallets either way, so okay,
1: yeah, I don't... mean obviously any kit we we're wearing that we're winning in is a good kit, <laughs> Exactly.
2: <it? in laughs> it. Thank you. Nail on head right there.
1: The, the
3: thing with kits is they, they kind of grow on you. I, I didn't like the wipe away kit at the start of the season, uh, of last season, but I love it now. I think it's great. And it's not until you actually see them on the players and, and get used to seeing them that they kind of grow on you a bit. Do you know what I yeah, mean? I Even the that. one we had the first season we came up with, which was kind of like a Crystal Palace version of a Blackburn Rovers kit. Right. That really grew on me.
2: Yes.
3: Well, that was a departure from Red and Blue Stripes.
1: Exactly. Good Good point. Seeing it. Get used to it. Well, hopefully we will be loving these kits by the end of the season. Exactly. uh, After (laughs) after, uh, Patrick has romped us through the league and taken us into Europe. Um, Let's let's go. uh, But on that, let's uh, move on to sort of the main discussion that obviously has been taken over all summer, which was the managerial appointment or lack thereof. and I wanted to start really with talking about some of the names that were linked to us uh and how we felt about them. So, you know, the likes of Sean Dyche again, Lampard, Steve Cooper, um, and Valerian Ishmael before we were then seriously linked with Nuno and, and Favre, um how did you guys, uh, I'll start with you, Nick, how did you feel about the sort of before Nuno and Favre, the list of names that we were linked with? Did you did you like them? Were you Worried about any of them at all? Um, to be honest, I don't really know them that well. The, the Cooper
3: one um, is is not um, the best looking bloke, so to have that <laughs> sort of walking up and down the touchline or in the technical area might be a bit off putting with like Nosferatu there. I know we've had a lot of Nosferatu gives going on. It, um, but you, you you tend to look at the negative stuff that other fans like the Swansea fans didn't seem to like him very much. And all I saw of Swansea last year was the playoff final, and they were dirty. I didn't like mm-hmm. them at all. And I thought, well, I don't want us to be a dirty team. I was excited by Nuno coming, um, but that was a farce. It felt like we were being used in a little bit of the way. And fair play to Steve Parrish for actually putting his foot down with a firm hand, because I think the demands were too big. Um, Sean Dyche not really sure about he'd, he'd he'd kind of be a a younger Roy, I think, in sort of keeping us up but not in an exciting way. Um Frank Lampard I've I have i have never really liked him and I can't put my finger on why it is. So I'm kinda of glad it wasn't him. Um the only one out of that list was Ishmael simply because he he seemed to be playing an exciting brand of football with Barnsley, who who were playing well above what they should have done, and and that's kind of what we needed it was somebody who could bring out more of our players and they actually sort of make the sum of their parts better than the individuals, if that
1: makes sense. And I, and I think it would certainly help if we had got Ishmael and done all right to sort of ex- exercise the ghost of Carl Leeburn. Because <laughs> what people of a certain vintage, yeah. which uh, unfortunately also includes me, um, is our overriding memory of him is him getting absolutely turned over by a perennial cart horse and Carl Liebern. Um But yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot of different styles of manager as well, wasn't it? Which was which was interesting. What, what did you think, Patrick? Did you have any favourites uh, at the time?
2: Well. Everyone that listens knows that it was it was anybody but Hudson at at one point, which was not very, you know, <laughs> not very unique. But that, that as far as i but as far as the choices, honestly, I had no problem with Cooper because I know I know that myself and our our famous young um Turkish um friend didn't like him because of the way he looks. But Steve Cooper did win the World Cup. I mean, I know it was under-17 World Cup, but he did win the World Cup. I know he had some really good players in, you know, Sancho, who's playing for England now, and Foden, and stuff like that. But I thought he did a good job of that, with that team. And, you know, younger players, I was excited about that. And that didn't happen. Never wanted Dyche particularly. Um, again, it was only the only anybody with Hudson type thing. But Dyche, to me, exactly as, as uh, was said before, it reminded me a lot of Hudson, And he would have kept us up, but... You know, I don't know if I would have really loved this football after a couple couple of years of that. Absolutely did not want Lampard. Um, one reason is I didn't think he did a great job um, at Derby County. He did play younger players, which was good for him, would have been good for us. I didn't think he did a good job at Chelsea, as shown by the fact that well, as soon as he left, they went up the table and they won the Champions League. And I have a personal issue. Um, my brother actually went on trial at West Ham under Frank Lampard Sr., and my father had an issue with Frank Lampard's on the personal level, so I never root for the Lampards. Um, Nuno, I was very excited about when I first heard it, and then he went to Tottenham, so forget that clown. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ishmael, like you guys, I would have liked of him. I, I liked his style of football at Barnsley. You know, he had that Paddy's connection. I thought, you know what, he could maybe build something here. But the fact that we didn't hire him, is was probably something to it. So I didn't have a problem why we didn't go there. Now, Favre was the one that I really wanted after. again. Yeah getting caught up in you know the oh he's gonna come he's gonna play young players his style at Dortmund blah 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 like most people I started watching the documentary on um Amazon about Dortmund which was actually brilliant I'm not even joking guys I got through like the second episode and it and it felt and I stopped watching it but what I watched of it I was very impressed with his style of football his the way he, you know the way he motivate players that you know he, he had um players like um Sancho again that name again came up he had um the uh, the American kid uh, Christian Pulisic there I mean you know a good start I would I would have I would have actually been very excited about Favre I thought that would have been a really good si- uh uh signing um so as a manager but again we ended up with a, a player I mean a manager now which we'll get to in a bit who I really like and I think that we, I think you know everybody got really wound up about the timing and you know, oh, it's going to be preseason soon. We haven't signed anybody. We've got eighteen players out of contract or whatever. It's ten out of contract. Blah, blah blah. But I think things happen for a reason. I think that, you know, where we are now, I think we're in a good place. I really hope. I really think it's going to be a good thing for us.
1: I have to. I have to say, I started watching that Dortmund documentary as well. When <laughs> <and fast laughs> up we watched. We watched the 1st quite long episodes as well. They are, so we they're the very episode, long. Yeah, like hour and a half or something. Yep. And I was like literally texting my mate who's a, who's a Palace fan. Like verbatim, they've called him the brain. They said he's like the best tactical coach yep. ever. <laughs> they said, you know, even players like um who are already established, he gets them playing that extra, he finds one thing they can improve on. I was like, mate, this is gonna be the best appointment ever. Absolutely. I can't believe you're talking to him. I can't believe we're gonna get him. <laughs> anyway, went, went to bed, woke yep. up the next day. No we're not. <laughs> exactly. No, we're not. Yep, uh, me too. Yep. Uh, End of the the documentary watching. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's no when it, it's no when Eagles dare, is it anyway? So uh, think, exactly. Yeah, subtitles uh-huh. and all stuff, exactly. Um so yeah, I mean it it, it was an eventful, especially with with Nuno and Favre sort of going the same way. Um and I, I, I agree with Nick, I think Nuno did play us Favre maybe less so, but yeah the same the same sort of result, wasn't it? Um but we've ended up finally with uh, a manager who wants to join and did sign. Um. Although I must admit, when the news came out and then it wasn't officially announced for a couple of days, I was just waiting for the, you know, the Athletic to bring out a new report saying he's off. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, gone, he's gone to Leal. Uh, <laughs> but it has been announced, and we are now officially Patrick Vieira's Red and Blue Army. Do you um, um yeah.
3: do you think Parish deserves some of the criticism he got for the kind of? I wouldn't call it a fiasco because you know we've got a manager and the manager came in before the players came back to start training. So it's not like if we'd have announced it two weeks ago, there's still he'd still start training today, wouldn't he? And it's down to Dougie to get the transfers in, uh, as far as I understand. So that wouldn't have made any difference either. So the fact that we've got somebody in for the first day of training, I don't know, is is Paris still a bit green or is he, you know, has been in charge for... 10 years now, or do you think he's, he's still learning as he goes? What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here for a little bit. I, I think, see, I've been a big fan of Parrish, and, but more critical this season with, with the Hudson um, situation. But I know we had, he had a lot of time, but it was not like he didn't try to appoint a manager until, you know, July 1st. You know, the Farber thing, and even, um, you know, even with, um, you know, the other managers, Nuno, for instance, he went he went as far as he can go. He thought he had a manager. It's very difficult. And then if you look at other teams that similarly, like look how long it took Tottenham to get a manager, Everton get a manager, we're still suffering through the pandemic. I think the situation was such that there were so much other things, factors going on. It wasn't like, okay, I'm gonna pinpoint this one manager and I'm gonna go and get him and sign him and blah blah blah. It was there were so many factors going on. Again, Nuno played us, you know, as Sam just said, played us big time. I think Father generally just got cold feet. I really believe that he would have come but just felt like, you know what, I don't know the language. I'm not sure about maybe, maybe it's a transfer issue and a money issue. And then there's the whole quarantine issue, He you know, new country. He probably didn't want to deal with all that. And then the fact, again, Vera, I and mean, Vera, apparently we had all interviewed, apparently, I think what they said in April or May. So I always talked to my I mean, so, I mean, it was in there. So I don't think he deserves, you know, a tremendous amount of, you know, um, criticism because, again, I think we could have gotten a manager earlier, just that circumstances were kind of, like, messed up. So, I much as I want to criticise him, but I think in this case, I think he really doesn't deserve to get killed. But again, as Palace fans, we tend to pile on because that's who we are, you know, so.
1: I, I think as well, I mean, I, I think he did the right thing in sort of telling Nuno, you know, we're, we're pulling out at this stage because it's going by what was written in The Athletic it sounds like Nuno is playing some really funny games and and demanding more stuff. So at some point you have to say, look, enough's enough. We've got to move on. I think with Favre, if Favre becomes available and wants to talk to you, you've got to talk to him. I mean, I still can't believe that we even got to that point because he is (laughs) such a good manager. I mean, everywhere he's been, he's been good. Um, So, I mean, yes, I would like to have had a manager in sooner just because I worry about everything. <laughs> yeah, until, me too, yeah. you know, Until a manager gets gets appointed, you're always going to worry that a manager hasn't been appointed yet. Um, but what you would hope is that because we're working with this sporting director, whatever Dougie's title is, you'd think, look, we're, we're at least down the road with some targets. And then you can say to, to, to Vieira, do you want this? Do you want that? Is there anyone that you want us to get talking to? Rather than starting completely cold. Right. But that's me talking in hope rather than in any knowledge. You know, I've got no insider knowledge of how these things work. Um, but you know, he's thankfully he's in. And, and just before we we started recording, we saw pictures from the training ground of Vieira actually at training. Um, so he is here. It's not a lie. It's not a mirage. <laughs> um, and there were some some pictures of uh, Wilf, which is obviously good to see. Um J- James MacArthur was back in training, which is obviously great as well. And Mike Scott will be absolutely delighted to hear that there was also a picture of Yaroslav Yak <laughs> uh in training. So our centre back woes are um our centre back woes are completely out of the window because he's he's gonna lead the charge from the back, I think. Um but let, let's move on with uh with Vieira. Now that he has been appointed, one of the uh, sort of sticks to beating with from especially from from teams uh, fans of other teams, but some Palace fans as well is that he doesn't have experience in the Premier League, um, which is something that Paris I think mentioned that he wanted initially. Um, but looking at his record, you know he's had he's had two years in the MLS, he's had two and a bit years at Nice in League One, which isn't a pub league by any means, um, and he had some good time at the development elite development centre, whatever the sort of youth academy is called at Man City. Um, and I was just looking at other managers in the league. Um, and if you look at the new Wolves manager from Portugal, five years ago, he was an assistant at Sheffield Wednesday. Four years ago, he was an assistant at Swansea. <laughs> and he's had one season at Benfica. Right. But he's he's coming to Wolves and no one's talking that about he's got no experience, you know, and he's had maybe one season as a manager. So, Nick, I'll, I'll come to you. Do you think that Vieira does have a lack of experience? Do you think if he does, it matters? It, uh, or do, you, do you think it's, you know, it's, it, it doesn't really make a difference?
3: Being one of the best players of his generation and actually playing in the Premier League, you can't say he's got no Premier League experience. He's played under, under brilliant managers as well. I mean, he must pick up stuff. Uh, the fact that we're not his first major managerial uh, position must hold him in good stead because you would like to think that any mistakes he's lo- he's um, made along the way that he's learned from them, and I think a lot is going to um, ride on who he brings in uh, as his backroom team. Uh, as the Frank de Boer, we got all excited about, didn't we? Because oh, he was this brilliant Dutch player, but he was he was a bit of a maverick who who was. Very, very self-centered, wasn't he? It was all about him. I don't think Vieira is going to be that type of type of manager. And from from watching him uh, being a pundit, he he seems very thoughtful and very knowledgeable. So I think that should hold him in good good stead. I don't think he's got the ego that uh, Frank de Boer had. Um, so. Yeah, I think it'll be good. If you you talked about the training ground photos earlier. That's, I've actually started getting really excited now I've seen them. It was all a bit mayor at first because of how long it took, but I'm actually starting to get excited about it now.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms
1: apply. See mcdonalds.com. And you would sort of think that players like Wilf, who we all know because Arsenal fans beat us around the head of it, that Wilf grew up an Arsenal fan. You, you've got to think that him now having Vieira as his manager is, you know, an exciting appointment. It might not persuade him that he never wants to leave us for the rest of his life. Um, but, you know, players of that sort of age who who grew up watching him um, when he was playing for the Invincibles and, and then went on to, you know, dominate as well in Italy. Um, that's got to be good for play, players like him as well, you would think. Indeed. Indeed.
3: And um, I like the fact that he's, we've, we've got a black manager as well, which kind of represents our local area. Um, that's that's going to be something that attracts players to us as well, I think. Um, you know, coming from multicultural Croydon as we do um I think that can only be positive for the team
1: yeah I absolutely completely agree um I mean it's probably a discussion that will take a lot longer if we go into it in depth, but its it is certainly great for for better representation and and for it to be with our with our club is 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 a bonus um and what, what I want to do is talk. About his sort of a bit earlier in his career when he was in in America, uh, where he sort of cut his teeth as a as a first team coach, and um, unsurprisingly move over to, to to Patrick on this one. Um, obviously, live in New York and and have seen his work with New York FC um, firsthand. So, give us a give us a bit of background on what what you think of him.
2: Yeah, so um, you know the way the MLS works is you now it's a franchise system. So the club he went to, NYCFC, actually began in nine in two thousand fifteen. Um, they were affiliated with Man City. So, um, Vieira, as you mentioned before, Sam, Vieira came, had worked with the under 23s at Man City, was um hired, um, by NYCFC to become their manager after the manager had the first season. Jason Christ, who had actually was a very good manager, was fired because they finished. They had a really poor first season under. Under him, uh, notoriously, um, friend, uh, new franchises to the MLS, you know, tend to take a couple of years to become good. So uh, the fact they didn't give Christ anytime is interesting. So um, Vieira's first year was 2016. Um, they ended up making the playoffs that first year. They were second actually in, in, the, in the what they called Eastern, the two conferences, Eastern and Western Conference. They were second in the conference, um, which was a very good, you know, g- good job for him in the first year. His first signing was actually Jack Harrison, who plays for Leeds now. Harrison came over here to play, uh, uh, college. Uh, I was going to say football. Yeah. I'll say football. (laughs) And, um, uh, has developed really well and I actually saw Harrison play quite a bit again I'm not a huge uh, follower of a fan of MLS I follow it I watch it a lot I actually went to some NYCFC uh, games because they play in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium actually um so it's actually easier for me to get to their games than the Red Bulls games so I kind of followed them a bit uh, I like the fact they had Vieira as the manager I know him knew him obviously when he was at Arsenal etc and he did a good job I mean he plays a 4-3-3 um the team improved every year he was with them and actually when he left they were quite upset because um you know, he kind of pledged to play. I think he signed like a, maybe a four-year contract. He left after like two two seasons in a bit and went to Nice. Um, uh, and they were actually quite upset that he left. And the, the team kind of, you know, kind of went down a little bit after he left and then kind of bounced back. But just overall, I think his 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 style of play here was, 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 was attractive football. Um, you know, he's got this hard man, you know, uh, central defensive mentality. But, you know, he, he plays some decent, you know, interesting football. I kind of like the way NYCFC played. They've always played like a, an attractive style. They kind of model again themselves after Man City, the way Man City plays, um, you know, on the pep, you know, possession type football. Um, not a lot of shots, but, you know, they're, they're very good with the quality of their shots as far as what's that X, XG rubbish that people talk about, you know, in scoring goals. So, you know, he did really well over here. And I, I thought he did a decent job at Nice. I mean, Nice, you know, ended up, I think they ended up in Europa League. But again, what happens with, with managers like that, if you don't do well You know, and you have a you know four or five game losing streak, you end up getting you know getting the bin, and he got binned in at Nice. But I think I'm excited by the signing of Vio again. I, I having seen him over here a bit, you know, quite a bit, and. Again, he just brings something all different, as you guys said he he doesn't have Premier League manager experience, but I know that he was going to be he, he was interviewed by Newcastle at one point and I just think that the fact that he's played he's a tremendous leader i mean he's part of the invincibles. i mean he was a tremendous leader everyone knows who patrick Vieira is, is as, as as a as a as a player uh different him at the board the board't never played in the in the Premier League and i think he has a, a much bigger ego than Vieira has i mean you know and i think that really is what really has continued to hurt DeBoer throughout his career. But I think Vera's is going to do well with Palace. I really hope that he plays, I mean, he played younger players at Nice. I think the average age over there was like 23.7 years. And, you know, we've got a good academy in the 23s and the 18s. And if he brings through some of the academy players, and integrates them into our team, you know, with some new sign, I think we'll, we'll be okay. And I'm, I'm excited by the fact that it's a different, it's a different type of a hire. I remember when we hired Steve Koppel and I'm sure Nick will remember it way back when it was a, it was a risky hire back then. Uh, run nodes but it ended up working out really well for Palace I mean he arguably our best manager we've ever had in our history and I'm not saying Vera's going to be Stevie Coppola you know anything but I'm just saying I just like the fact that you know he's got the experience of playing in the league being a leader he's young he's got to be excited about the project because again Palace is going to be a project with so many players out of contract but I'm excited by it I really am I just think that you know if we give him some time and you know don't get don't get crazy I think he'll do some really good things for us.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I've, I've read some opinions of him, um, more so at Nice, but a, a few at, at New York City as well. And, and they all seem to be quite positive. Um, I mean, if you look at his time at Nice, obviously I, I didn't follow it super closely. I have a team that I follow in France and it isn't Nice. I'm afraid to say it's Bordeaux, uh, who have just been relegated for financial irregularities. So that's ouch. Weird. sorry. sorry. Um, but his, his time at Nice, he finished 7th and 5th and uh, you know he followed Lucien Favre actually when he yeah
2: ironically right <laughs> I mean, that's
1: a pretty, pretty, pretty tough guy to follow follow up in it so to finish seventh and fifth is is really good I think a lot of people have been a bit critical of the French league um, and obviously although PSG win most most of the the, the trophies there although they didn't this year I, I don't think it's a poor league by any stretch and um, to finish seventh and fifth in any top divisions not bad at all is it really. Um, so he he was let go about halfway through the the third season, I think, uh, after five defeats in a row. Um, apparently, only two of those five defeats were league games, though. So he lost three Europa League games uh, in that time. And to be fair, if Palace were in the Europa League and we lost three games, I wouldn't care because it meant that we were in Europe. Exactly.
2: Final. exactly.
1: Um, but um, I, I was reading a little bit about his sort of tactics uh, when he was a nice manager and the sort of pros and cons the 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 sort of negative side is that he tactically he changed quite a bit like he never sort of decided on a tactic uh and there were times when it looked like his players sort of didn't know whether they should be playing one way or another but when we've come from i suppose a manager who was quite rigid in his in his tactics like roy um maybe it's a positive maybe you know it is a plan b maybe it, it is a a chance to see these players do something different. What do you think, Nick?
3: Yeah, um what's what's pleased me, I'm just gonna read out what he said in, in all the press releases. Um it's a project that's really appealing to me. Having spoken a lot with the chairman and sporting director about their ambition and plans for the whole club, including the academy. The club has fantastic foundations in place after many years in the Premier League. And I hope we can make further improvements to continue to drive the club forward. I like the way he's used where we there instead of I. Um, The academy, um, the the, uh, reserve teams under 23s, under 18s, did exceptionally well. I know he's bloodied in young players at Nice and he's worked with young players at Man City when he was in the academy. Now, I don't know what our finances are like. There's talk. I've seen 50 million transfer budget mentioned. I've seen 80 million mentioned. But if he can bring some of those players through, and we can get young, exciting players in again, like in the old team of the 80s days. Uh, from having one of the oldest teams in the league to possibly having one of the youngest and possibly most exciting teams in the league, because he tend, likes to play out from the back, which is a bit risky. Um, he likes to have more possession, which as Palace fans will take some getting used to for us, because normally we've sat back and, and gone on a break. I've, I think we've got good times ahead of us and it's it's good to see that with that Category A academy that players are going to go there because they know there's a manager there now that would blood them
1: into the Premier League. But then again, yeah, it might
3: I... just go tits up. Who knows? It might. <laughs> <Am, am I? laughs>
1: um, talking of the academy, I, I, I asked uh, Twitter earlier today for any questions and, and one that has, that has come up from a few... From a few uh, people, notably someone whose name has a swear word in it. So, uh, Sam, get ready to beep it out. Their name is for fuck's sake. We um, have a ph they, though, to be it honest. Is. Yeah. Fooks, Fooks, yeah For fuck's sake. Fuck's sake. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Um, they asked, who realistically do we think can step up from the academy? So, if we're if saying that that um, Vieira is going to blood these young players, who who do we think? will come up and and do we want them to come up or do we want them you know to go on loan first maybe patrick would you reckon
2: i think scott banks can definitely uh contribute this year we had him on out on loan last year um he did okay up in scotland don't see why he can't i don't know what's going on with brandon peric that that one worries me um he went out to scotland also didn't play much didn't went to motherwell was it motherwell maybe done firmly one of those two and didn't play a lot i, I I, I would say him because I think, you know, when I when I did see him a couple of years ago, he did okay in that one did, what the one was it was it Norwich? Yeah, Norwich game. yeah. It I guess was, it was, yeah. yeah. So um of the newer ones, I think Jake O'Brien as centre half, the one who plays the 23rd I think why not put him in he's as he's good or better than sorry Mike, better than Yao's yeah, Yak from what I saw last <laughs> year. So I don't see why I couldn't give him a chance. Um Rack Rack Saki for sure. I think I'd, I'd give him a chance. He's a little young, but there's absolutely no reason why. I remember Wolf when Wolf came through. Why be so much of Wolf, it's not even funny. And with Eze being out, I'm not saying you put him, you know, you give him Eze's minutes. But I'm just saying there's no reason why you can't get him a couple of, you know, uh, Premier League matches every once in a while in the League Cup. Um, Another one I would say would be uh, um, Reese Hannon, the left back. Yeah. Um, we, we, we've we lost our star left back who's plays for Holland. He's, he's off. We need a back up to Mitchell. To me, you've got to play hand in this year. You've got to have him as your backup left back. One, you save money, and two, if you watch him play at all, 2023, he's got a great left foot cross. Uh, he's not a young kid. I think he's he's 22. He's not he's not a baby. He definitely deserves the chance. So of the players that you know, Omalaba's not ready yet. I'd love to see him. He's not ready yet. But I would say at least four or five of those guys. They're looking at maybe signing six players now, guys, instead of having a, you know instead of ten, and just by using our academy right there. So that's what I would do anyway.
1: Well, that, that actually leads nicely into another question we had um, from Mr Cadbury's Parrot, who who asks, how many players do we want to buy um, and how many of the out-of-contract players do we want to keep? Nick, who, what do you reckon for the, for the latter? Which of the out-of-contract players do you reckon we should sign back up?
3: Well, the first one on my list would be um, Townsend. Hmm. I'd love it. If uh, Sacco was fit again and we could keep him, but that's that's out the window. Um, who can fit in with a system of playing out the back without giving the ball away too
1: much? What? I mean, what, what players have we exactly. got there that, that so what can you're keep saying possession? is we need an entirely new back four? <laughs> yes, absolutely.
3: Well, ironically, um, Sacco's was the best at that.
1: Yeah, um, we've no we've doubt. gone
3: over his mistakes, which actually were he made less mistakes than any other player. He just got that reputation, hadn't he? Yep. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I disagree with uh, Patrick about Omilabu, though. I, I think if he can do it under 18, under 23, he's going no, d- to scare defences. No, Nick, don't get me wrong.
2: I'd love to see it. But he's 18. or he's he, he might, yeah, he just turned 18. And listen, I would absolutely love to see it. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't see Palace ever risking a chance on, he's got to go out and loan for a figure before you do that. But again, um trust me, I would love to see Omarbu. Just love it. So yeah, yeah.
1: Um uh, we've got a couple of questions which sort of lead on from that as well, um, which link nicely into each other. So um Palace Ash, who who had asked one of his questions was about playing out from the back or whether we need new additions or whether our current squad could do it. Um, but he has also asked, how long do we think we can keep hold of Patrick? The era? <laughs> um, he says, if it's gone badly, it's gone by Christmas. If it goes well, he's headhunted. Um, so what, what do you, what do you reckon to that, Patrick? I mean, that's just so palace, isn't it? I mean,
2: you know, if he does again, and you know, if he does really poorly, I see you around Christmas, if he does really well, you know, also come in for him because they fire Arteta. Um, I can't. I, I can't worry about that. i um, be honest with you, Sam. I can't. Um, if he stays two years, wins the league cup for us, he can go with my blessing. I'm not even joking. He can go, and yeah. maybe we'll get another. You know, what I mean, I just can't. I really cannot. If I'm worried about how long we can keep him for, then I'm. I'm. You know, I think he will I, I. don't. I think we'll keep him. I don't think Paris will jump like he jumped with De Boer. Because I think he really sees someone here that he can that he can actually you know work with for a few years. I don't. I even if he have a really really poor start, I think the ball was out of his depth from the beginning. You knew you saw it on the, from that tour when he saw playing Lukaku at centre half. It just was never going to work out. You just kind of had a feeling there was rumours about how he what he thinks did in training to you know to be, be mean or belittle players. It just it was never going to work. So I just think that I think he'll give Vieira the entire season. And I say that honestly. and if we go down, I mean, know that sounds really stupid, but. At this point, you know, are we gonna? Can we get? Can we really get an to come back, or a Pulis, or Hudson? God for you know, God forbid to keep us up. I mean, to me, just stick with the man for a year. You know, win, lose, or draw, and see as long as you see things that you like out of him. You know what I mean? With you know, academy wise or style of play wise. Again, I don't want to go down, but I also don't want us to just. I don't want us to, to get rid of him just because he got off the poor start. And, and on the, again, on the other side, if he does get off the great start, you know, again, I'll be happy that he leaves if we're doing really well because they have the Palace all the time. So I'm used to that. So,
3: well, it's not, to Bolton.
2: Or, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah, good point. Exactly. I almost um, said uh, uh, it's not the team because uh, where did Dowie go? He went up, up north. Oh, Charles, yeah. right. That's right. That's yeah, right. exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I will say to to sort of keep my um, reputation of being a, a miserable guy. Um, Nick, you've really helped me out on on our show document that we put together beforehand. You've written that he's fourteen to one to be the next Premier League manager. <laughs> Thanks. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. That that. um, that's the, that's the sort of stat that I that I want to read, mate. Um, he's the ninth in the list? So the ninth favourite, oh, if there's such a thing. Um. Sort of on, on a little tangent, we had another question from Leif Anderson's forehead on Twitter who says, um, how long until Vieira leaves Twitter? Because he's on Twitter and you'd imagine the amount of abuse he's going to get after yeah. a few uh, defeats yeah. um, is going to be pretty, pretty hairy, isn't it?
2: Does any other club have the chairman and manager both on Twitter at the same time? It just is a disaster waiting to happen. It, he's going to have to get off um, like September. I just can't see him and Parish both tweeting after losses or and or wins, and that going well either way. So no, he's got a gulf at some point, like like now, because that's not yeah. We
1: just we want to see the tweet say, "I love Palace. I'm really happy to be here." That's right. it,
2: exactly. But, that's it. Somewhere. Right, go dark from there, exactly.
1: Parish um, doesn't
2: tweet
3: after losses, haven't you noticed?
2: Yeah, I have. <laughs> I certainly have. Because everybody talks about it, <laughs> like my son. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what, one thing that we sort of glossed over a bit earlier that that's quite important which Nick said was about the backroom staff because i think whether you think he's inexperienced or not a, a strong backroom staff is is obviously really important wherever you are and however experienced you are as a manager um there's been a couple of names which have come out uh, one is christian wilson who is a sort of performance analyst type coach who i think worked at all the clubs that fieri has been at um and one is a welsh guy Named Roberts, who um is was the technical director of the Football Association of Wales. Um, and I was doing a little bit of reading about him because I had never heard of him, I have to admit. Um, but apparently he he was a big part of why the coaching badges with the um Football Association of Wales were are so popular. Um, and funny enough, I think Andros and Martin Kelly were doing some coaching badges in the summer in Wales. Yep. Um but they said, so, sort of, he was instrumental in putting the the courses together, and and Vieira came through there. Arteta, um, Steve Cooper did as well, and Chris Wilder, um, and apparently he's been very involved in bringing the sort of younger players through the Welsh system, um, which again leads nicely into what we hope we'll see from Vieira and the academy. Um, Patrick, what, what do you think about having having a, a sort of a strong backroom staff?
2: Yeah, I think it's very important. I mean. Don't honestly don't know much about Roberts at all, but what I like, you Sam, I read up on him, and he sounds like the the perfect type of person you want to have in the background behind um uh Vieira. You know, hopefully hiring uh younger um people be, you know people to help Vieira. I did notice that um today Paddy, Sean Derry were at training. Obviously, being it being the first day with Vieira, so I'm assuming that they'll may take a, a more of a role. I again, I'm the kind of person I think Derry and Paddy doing a great job with the kids. Leave them there. But I wouldn't be opposed to seeing one of them, you know, moved up a little bit to help out, just because of familiarity with the club, with the younger players, et cetera, as a kind of a conduit. But again, mm-hmm. I, I don't know much about Roberts. If he comes in, great. I think that'd be great. I read a little bit about Christian Wilson. Also, seems like a person that, like a person that um Patrick Pe- uh, Vieira kind of relies on and's been with him everywhere. So I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in. And um, you know, there was a silly rumor going about Brian Kidd left Man City. He might come in. I mean, Brian Kidd's seventy something years old. By the way, great player. Saw him play many times for Man United way back in the day in Man City. But I don't see him coming to Palace. But I like to see as I'm younger. But so whether he brings in, I would trust him. But I'm and I'm sure that was negotiated or talked to with Parish. And we'll hear about those names in a couple of days. But I think that you know, if Roberts comes in, I'll be all for that.
1: Yeah, and I think, like you said, it's important um, with Paddy and, and Derry. And I saw Dean Kylie was there as Kiley well. Kylie was so.
2: there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kylie. Yeah.
1: Having those guys there is a sort of way to sort of, you know, they know the squad. They obviously know the first team players, but they obviously know the, the younger players very, very well from last season. And having them there sort of familiar faces, because there were quite a few of the of the 23s and the 18s in these training photos. Right. That obviously helps. You know, it makes it an easier sort of transition. They can introduce the players to him. You know, it, it's not like Vieira's coming in completely cold and has doesn't know anyone um so i think you know i think that's important I, I would imagine that they will go back to their their roles as 23s and 18s managers um when he brings more backroom staff in but um i'm sure we'll find out more about those in the coming days um as as he as he makes more appointments and we get finally uh, an interview with with him once <laughs> the media team have have got themselves sorted um so yeah I I guess we can sort of wrap it up because we've covered we've covered most things there but in terms of how you're feeling going into the season obviously it's his first day we haven't we haven't made any signings we haven't re-signed anyone to new contracts but how are you guys feeling as of now about the season coming up Nick we'll we'll head to you first I'm a lot
3: more confident this season
1: than I was when um Tony
3: Pulis quit the day before the season started. <laughs> <at that point. laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah.
2: it's, oh, yeah. it's
3: a new project. We, we said before, when we knew that Roy was leaving, that it was going to be a rebuilding job and that things were going to change significantly at the club. And the fact that, you know, we, we've got such a superstar player who is still referred to in all the press... Press reports I've read, Arsenal legend has taken over Crystal Palace. Well, hopefully by the end of the season, he'll be a Crystal Palace legend. And um, let's just hope it, it, it
1: happens. That's extremely positive. Patrick, what, what do you reckon?
2: I'm excited about the appointment. It's, uh, it's, it's a risk, obviously. I mean, but any appointment, honestly, would have been a risk. Um but I like where Parish went on this. I think that, you know, I, I believe in, I believe in you know, karma and destiny. And I think that, you know, this is meant to be that Vieira got this job. And I really hope he does a, a good job. Real quick, I want to tell a, a quick personal story um, about Vieira that, um, that I want to share. Um, about 20-something years ago, I met George Weyer. Uh, George Weyer is married to the... Um, the uh, sister of the president of my the club that I coached coach here in, in New York. And um, George has come over here in the summertime. So in I think it was two, it must have been 2000. He came over. Uh, he was helping me, helping us do some training over here. Uh, obviously, George Wayo was one of the best players. Who, uh, World Player of the Year is now the president of Liberia. So I'm actually honored to be, and you know, call him a friend. And uh, we were talking one time, you know, we were doing some training session. He talked to me about Patrick Vieira. Now, I bring it up because... Uh he played with Vieira one year at AC Milan. Vieira had just gotten there. He was young. I think he came from he came from France. I don't remember the club he came from yeah, in France. He,
1: I think he used to play for Cannes.
2: It was Cannes, exactly. He only made a few appearances uh, at Milan. But he said that he said to me, you know, this he he mentioned to me, he said this this is this is ninety this is 2000. he said, when I first met Patrick Vieira, he was a very shy kid. And he was kind of getting a little booty, a little bit of training. And I told him, you have to stand up for yourself, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, But I told you, this kid, he told him back then, this was in 96, he said, You're going to be a great player. I love the way, I love the way you train, I like your attitude, you know. And, and George really also talked about him glowingly. And again, knowing George as I know George, you know, he's not the person to kind of, I applaud it for no reason so the fact that he he had mentioned way back when that you know about patrick and we all know how great a career he ends up having with arsenal and winning the world cup with france etc but you know he just happened to mention about patrick and how he was as a person and how shy he was back then now he can't kind of maybe Michelle and I, and I and i thought about that you know i said to myself you know what that's the kind of person you know that that's now you know <laughs> he's the manager of a club that i that i love and i kind of i kind of feel that you know if he can, I really feel that this is a really good thing for Palace, I just, I mean, you know, it's it's, 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 it's a risk, don't get me wrong, it's a risk, but I, I really think that, you know, that he can do a good job with us, I'm really, really hoping that, you know, that we've made the right move here, and I'm, I'm excited about it, I really am, I mean, I don't often get excited about management uh, decisions, because I kind of, you know, they're much of a muchness with Pulis and Aladice, and my favourite, Alan Pardew, but I really hope that, and I really think this could be a you know, a little diamond in a rough type thing that we've got here, and I think you can do it. Go on to be, you know, one of our. I just hope it works out, and I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I really, am?
1: Well, yeah, fingers crossed that we're having a, a positive season, and we'll we'll get less angry, Patrick, on the uh, podcast. <laughs> <after>. <laughs> I, I,
2: I, I guarantee Never. you, you'll, I'll be less angry. I guarantee I will. Trust me.
1: Well, on that note, I think that's a good way to end, and say that you have to tune in to the podcasts and the the watch alongs throughout the season on Back of the Nest. Uh, to see whether Patrick can keep his side of the bargain or not. Um, so we'll wrap it up there. Um, a lot more positive than I usually am on my preview shows. It's um, Terence that drags you down, mate. <laughs> it is. Exactly. I, I mean, listen, he's... And off. Albert, I think, and Albert. I, th- I think Terence is off shooting a GQ cover at the moment, so I'll have to get back to him. But um, <laughs> uh, Just want to say a big thanks to uh, both you guys, Nick and Patrick, Uh, And a big thanks to producer Sam for sitting and listening to all this and probably having to sit and listen to it all again as she edits it. Um, But until whenever the next podcast is, I have no idea because I'm not that well organised. To quote Terence, up the palace.
0: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with
3: Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen